Privacy.com, the company's officers trust with their online privacy. And now, here they are, the Badge Boys. Welcome back to another edition of the Badge Boys, the show where two retired cops talk to the committee. I'm retired Crime Stopper Sergeant Darren Birch. Retired Phoenix Police Officer Jason Schechterly. And we have a very special show for you. This is part one, if you will, of a debate in regards to the elimination of qualified immunity for police officers. It's a House bill. It may end up becoming law. And if it does, what impact is that for you, the police officer, and you, the community? We have a very special guest. It is Kirk Nermy. He is the, sadly, his name is forever indelibly etched, coupled with Jody Arias. He was the representation, the lead counsel for Jody Arias. He has a book, many books, in fact, uh, Trapped with Miss Arias. Uh, He has his own comedy show. He does this one-man show, highly rated. Uh, He is uh, just an incredible TV personality. You've seen him, and we have him here today to talk about, from his legal mind, what qualified immunity is. And Jason and I are going to step in and maybe feel a different way about it. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. No, no, we're going to be in complete agreement. Are sure you? we are. <laughs> so that is the show. And then uh, down the road, we're going to have a debate. Uh, so stay tuned, stay informed. And most of all, you're going to be entertained after this message from our sponsor, OfficerPrivacy.com. More stories, inside guests, and true blue humor coming up on Batch Boys. We'll be back right after this. OfficerPrivacy.com is offering a special deal for listeners of this podcast. This is a great deal. Go to OfficerPrivacy.com forward slash BB. Their team of current and retired law enforcement officers will remove your information from the top three sites that are showing your home address, phone number, and more. Sign up at OfficerPrivacy.com forward slash BB. You can also follow the link on our show notes. Well, my, my, my. We happen to know that guy. Criminals think they are so smart. The problem for them is the police are smarter. Detectives resolve things. They don't give up. I'm not the only one who answered the call. I am retired Sergeant Darren Bird. Detective Chris McMullen. Detective Frank Dillard. Robert Cushing. Vermont State Police. Now, where did he come from? Every detective has that one case. This is that one case for me. He thinks he can outsmart these detectives. Well, he has another thing coming. You're not going to be able to run from it. You want to find that smoking gun. He does what he was made to do. Find the bad guy. That is, as they say in tennis, game, set, and match. American Detective, coming exclusively to Discovery Plus, early 2021. Learn more at discoveryplus.com. You're listening to Badge Boys with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Now, back to the Badge Boys. You know, before we get into it, because this is going to be fun. This yeah. is going to be fun. This is two cops and a lawyer. You know, what could go wrong? Three of my favorite friends <laughs> in here. What could go wrong? <laughs> I guess I got to get out the uh, the bat. You're still sure the judge. I'm still the judge. You're I'm, still the I have, judge. I have my gavel. Perfect. And who... 
Whose gavel is that? It's Dave Pratt's gavel, and I have to be very careful. You took the mayor's gavel? <laughs> she took I, the it, mayor's I, gavel. It was loaned to me by Dave, Rob Trick. Dave listen to this show. Dave, you can't be giving away your... He's the, not the, giving the, it away. It is the momentum the that's in the... gavel. It's, it's here in the studio, and Rob said to be very careful because it is very old, so I'm just... It is very old. Yes. I'm, I'm going... Dave's very old. No, he's not. If he doesn't listen to the show, so I can say that. If you're calling, hey, dude, <laughs> he if you're does calling, listen to the show. We found out he loves the show. We're already having a debate about age in here. Please, know, I'm older than you, so be careful. We're and, all and older than while you. While this is going, I'm sure I am the baby. Yeah, and while this is true. going, I'm trying to figure out a clever segue into officerprivacy.com. And I have zero. I have zero. So I just dude, throw dude, it out that's there. because that's how good they are. <laughs> you know, the neat thing about officerprivacy.com is it allows police officers to feel safe. And this whole thing about qualified immunity is. We're a lot of police officers are upset. Management, we don't know. Management might very well take a pleasant side because maybe they're off the hook now. So when we're looking at the men and women that work those streets, that put their lives in danger, that have their name tags, they're they're not just the face of police; they're the names. And OfficerPrivacy.com allows officers to feel so safe because their name. Their phone numbers, their family's phone numbers aren't connected to their name on the Internet. We've been talking about it constantly. We're talking about how it's not just for police officers, as no, our beautiful a, Robin brings up all the time. It's also for anyone out there uh-huh. to separate your name from your phone number, from your home address, all those things that people go on the Internet and want to dox. That's yeah. the big thing going on now. Well, we also talked last week about how there is a special rate for police departments to do the same thing. So you can protect, if you're out there and you're, you have the chief's ear, you can also help protect your men and women and make them feel safer because we have seen retaliation of police officers at their homes. Mm-hmm. It's happened. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I haven't talked about, unions, associations. They represent the police officers. They give them benefits. You too can go to officerprivacy.com forward slash BB or forward slash Badge boys, and you get absolutely a special rate to to protect your men and women that are protecting our community. I I couldn't agree more, and, and something that a lot of people need to pay attention to. I had a nice long conversation with Pete James, who is the owner operator of OfficerPrivacy.com, and I learned a few things. Uh, you know, the unions a lot of times don't want to get in the middle because if something does happen, then guess. You know, people are always worried about liability and covering their own ass. And then when you talk about large departments like Phoenix or L.A. or Chicago, uh, you know, the the upper echelons, uh, as we call it here in Phoenix, the fourth floor, they're so consumed with the politics right now that I think they lose sight of their line officers. And Pete informed me 80 percent of the police departments in this country, in the entire country, have less than 20 sworn officers. So it is upon Lots of you to take care of yourself. And like you and I did. I mean, we're retired, so I didn't, you know, I didn't call anybody in Phoenix. I just did it myself. Robin did. You've done. And I think that's the important part. Take it upon yourself to keep your family safe. And this is a this is separate from the qualified immunity. What we're going to get into is we're talking about on-duty things that you could be or could not be responsible for versus when you're at home and your spouse and your children are, could be at risk that you need to take care of. So go to officerprivacy.com backslash bad boys, get a discount, but let's not waste any more time. Darren, I am super excited as always. I, 
Uh, and I'm very proud to say this. I have a lot of respect and I really like our guest, which I never thought I would say about a criminal defense attorney. And I'm proud to say it. I think Kirk is great. I'm honored that he's back in studio. Uh, and it won't be the last time. We're going to have a great conversation, so let's get started. Yeah, a representing defense. Again, the defense for elimination of qualified immunity for a lot of police officers are against this because it's qualified immunity for police. We have Mr. Kirk Nermy, prior defense attorney, national TV personality, and author of Trapped with Miss Arias, a three-part series. And uh, he has once said that I could cure cancer, and a reporter wouldn't say Kirk Nermy cured cancer. He would say Jody Ayers' former lawyer cured cancer. That is exactly right. It's so true. That's exactly right. The first question I have for you, Kirk, and again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for, uh, because we had a a, a family emergency occurred with our prior um, prosecutor. He couldn't be here today, but he will be. We're going to have this debate. But life happens and we move on. I think it's a perfect show and perfect opportunity to kind of, Get the foundation here. What is qualified immunity for police officers? The legal aspect of that. What is that? What does that mean to the layman? Well, I want to. I want to start out. If I'm going to forgive me, I'm going to take your question in a different way because I want to make sure you know there was a bit of discussion about you know disagreement being foretold coming forward, and I don't necessarily think that's the case, and I don't look at this issue as an issue that we have to be contentious with. Because I think it begins with something that you guys have been talked about for the first, for the last few minutes, right? And what is that? Officer safety, right? So we, I think we can all agree that we want officers on the street and the citizens that they encounter to feel safe in those encounters, right? 100%. We can't disagree with 100%. that, right? Even Jason. That's a starting point. No, no, okay. I don't, no, I don't disagree with that at all. Okay, so the question becomes, how do we do that? Okay, and qualified immunity gets this big kind of, it's a, it's a buzzword. So, and your question is apt. I want to take, take that question. Um, I guess I'll take it head on. And it's that in order for someone who's stopped by a police officer, whose rights have been violated for a police officer, they have to show in, in a lawsuit, if they were to bring a suit, that the officer violated their constitutional rights. And that those, that violation was was clearly established precedent in case law. So the officer should have known that he was violating those rights in that way. Now that is a high, high bar. And you might say, okay, that serves me, the officer, because that keeps me away from frivolous suits. And there's all kinds of what I would characterize as fear-mongering in that regard, right? But I don't think that's the case. Because I think it begins with trust. And it begins that, that trust with that encounter, right? And if you have a populace that is afraid of a police officer when they are stopped, then trust is not established. It's eroded right away, and the encounter becomes a tense one when it doesn't need to be a tense one. And Darren, I, I, I can't help but go back a couple episodes of Badge Boys, and I was listening uh, to you relay a story. And you relayed a story about being in a fast food drive through Do you remember this? And you paid with your, uh, yes. I think it was a blue line credit card. De- debit card like with that. a bl- thin blue line. And yeah. your conversation with the clerk uh, who was taking your payment or what have you led you to believe or 
that you, you were either law enforcement, former law enforcement, or supportive law enforcement. And then you felt as if the arrival of your food made it suspicious that somebody might be doctoring it because you're a police officer, right? Absolutely. And you guys, you guys discussed possible options mm-hmm. like how you could you know, use another method of payment, park elsewhere, or things of that nature, right? And when we talk about this issue of qualified immunity, I think you'd have to acknowledge that those feelings of despair that you felt while you were waiting for that food are just a microcosm of the feelings of despair somebody might feel when they're pulled over by a police officer, particularly if they're a person of color, particularly if they're a person of color. They don't know whether you, they don't know you, they're a stranger, they don't know whether you're the next Derek Chauvin. They don't know whether they're going to be the next Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Patrick Warren. They don't know that. And they don't have the alternatives that you guys discussed. They don't have the alternative of paying a different way. They don't have the alternative of leaving. They are trapped with that encounter. And a system like qualified immunity makes them believe that a police officer can do whatever he or she desires and pretty much get away with it. And we've seen instance after instance. We've had, oh, now I'm going to blank on his name now. Um, a gentleman who planted drugs on the officer and then he, the, uh, on a suspect in the crimson, crimson in Phoenix on video, planting drugs on a woman, doesn't get fired and later shoots somebody's son on a mental health call and winds up convicted mm-hmm. of second degree murder. He got away with the first clear violation, right? And that is the sort of thing in my mind that erodes at trust. And there's law enforcement agencies that agree with me, that have written on this and testified to this in Congress as well. This kind of thing erodes the trust of the population and the police department. And that is where the fabric in that initial encounter, that is where the fabric can begin to break down. And my supposition to you, and when we're going to get specifically into it, as it relates to what qualified immunity is, that it's the sort of thing that probably doesn't, isn't warranted and isn't warranted, isn't justified and causes more harm to that initial encounter than it does good in terms of the protection of the officer. You know, when I hear qualified immunity, what I understand it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Qualified immunity is basically removing the umbrella that the department is now responsible for that officer. As long as the officer was within the framework of the policy and procedures, which every good police department needs to have policy and procedures to operate from. And if the officer operates within those policy and procedures and an error occurs, the umbrella of that protection is that department. In other words, the department is the one that is responsible, uh, is sued. They're the ones, it's not, it won't be coming out of the officer's pockets. Now, the officer is still sued within a lawsuit because that's that chain to make it so they can go to the uh, uh, department. But the officer himself isn't going to have to open his wallet if he loses, if they lose that, that lawsuit. My concern 
And I think most officers concerned, and maybe, in fact, I could almost guarantee you not police departments concerned, because police departments, as general, as management, it's a business. I hate saying it, but it is. It's a business. It's about numbers. It's about quality. It's about providing service to the community. It's about keeping officers safe the best you can. But it's a, it's a business. Bottom line is they don't want to pay out millions of dollars. And they're, the officer is going to be responsible for the out-of-the-pocket for a policy vi- for a violation of somebody's rights that may not have been a policy violation. I give you an example. If you have a situation where um, an officer responds to a call and he hears screaming inside that house and the neighbor called in and said there's someone screaming inside the house, he pounds on door, no one's answering, he feels exigent circumstances are there to make entry to save somebody's life. He is now breaching without Court order, he's searching seizures, uh-huh. he's going into that home, he breaks down the door, and he finds the couple inside in the act of lovemaking. It's just a very loud lovemaking session. <laughs> he has just violated their rights as it relates to opening that door, breaking in. I disagree. Yeah. Well, hold, here's, but let you're, me finish the point. Let me finish the point. Okay. So whether you agree with that scenario or not, you could fill in another scenario where an officer with good faith doctrine, and that's the key to qualified immunity. That's what was eliminated from the Colorado. Colorado, in their House bill, and it's now become law, they removed the good faith doctrine. It's in the law in Colorado. They've actually removed it. Now, I don't know if the House bill with the, uh, uh, the U.S. House of Representatives has such a um, – legalese you know verbiage that good and regardless and that was the key with the colorado law was regardless of good faith they removed that good faith doctrine so what i'm getting at is officers are going to feel like they can be sued department's not going to protect them because department wants to protect the department the city is going to want to protect the city and now they're left hung out to dry that is the fear of most police officers rank and file you may have scenarios where management has come forward and said we like the idea of eliminating qualified immunity i don't know of a single police officer that will agree with that statement well i would say a couple of things one um your scenario that you pointed out about the vigor there were a lot there was a lot in what you said under the vigorous love making scenario that you uh, <laughs> you propose that would not be uh anything that could be subject to violation because the exigent circumstances would not make it uh, a violation, a constitutional violation. Um, the other concern you raise is really about indemnification. And really, most, I think there's a statistic here, 99.98% of officers don't pay a dime out of their pocket for anything that they do wrong, okay? So the question becomes then, why should police officers be held to any different standard than a doctor or a lawyer or teacher or all other kind of professions that have professional liability insurance. Why? Because they're there to serve the public and there's no reason they should not be held to the same standard. And why should I, the taxpayer, and go back to the Richard Crinson example, why should I, the taxpayer, and and recently we had a DUI uh, cop getting caught on tape on the body cam footage talking about how to lie to defense attorneys to make themselves a victim in a DUI stop. I think I you know posted that. on that. Yeah, right? Why should I be paying for that? Because that indemnification, I'm paying for. Ultimately, the citizenry is the boss of the police department. 
That is the bottom line. The police department. And, and, and de facto, each cop, because we're paying your salary. So why should I pay you to lie? Why should I pay you to brutalize my fellow citizens? Why? Now, before I weigh in, Jason wanted to weigh in, please. When, I want to start with a yes or no question, which I know you are uh, an expert on because you used to ask these questions, right? I want a yes or no answer. Uh, when we talk about qualified immunity... I'm trying to educate myself real quick. We are talking about the civil side versus the criminal side. That's what we're talking about, being able to sue people and get money. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Having been involved in a civil suit myself outside of law enforcement, being injured in the line of duty, I know from having my attorney and explaining to me how things need to go. So I had a guy... Who hit me? Right. He was, uh, this is something I never, ever, I'm going to have my 20th anniversary this Friday of my accident. Wow. I have never, ever discussed this because it's not an issue to me. But in this instance, I, I will include it. He was an illegal immigrant, no driver's license, no insurance, no money. Then it was who sold the car to the cab company who was driving all the way up, keep going to where the pockets are, which is the defect in the car was the design by Ford Motor Company. And we lost two state troopers in 98, 2000. We had my accident where I'm just the lucky one that had a fire truck in the intersection. And then we lost a Chandler police officer in 02. So in four years, we were kind of ground zero. And then it's spotted throughout the country. 33 officers died, countless civilians that you don't hear about. So as we went through the civil process, it was, where is the money? So even in talking about qualified immunity for police officers, if and when they were to get sued, and I'll use Derek Chauvin. I, I have made it very clear on probably 20 different shows. Derek Chauvin is a murderer. I'd give anything to be the one, the judge, jury, and executioner on him myself. If you sue him, and you will, that's not where the family is going to get their civil restitution from. They're still going to sue the Minneapolis Police Department, and the city of Minneapolis. So I guess in a naive way, I'm asking, what's the point of suing an individual officer when we're only talking about the civil side? Because on the criminal side, you are going to have the Derek Chauvins who are going to go to get arrested, get charged, stand trial in front of a jury, and could possibly go to jail. So what is the point of taking away qualified immunity in hopes of getting a few dollars from a guy who makes 30 bucks an hour? Well, I guess I would, I would alter the question a little bit. Okay. And I would say, I would ask you this, what would be the same point with the medical doctor? I, I mean, would, would the I, same I thing applies? Because some medical doctors, uh, and, and I don't know the answer because like my medical doctors, for example, uh, and I have several, but they are part of a large corporation that that employs them. 
So I could sue them for malpractice or whatever, but chances are, again, I'm talking on the civil side. Right. Chances are, if a lawyer representing me was like, Jason, in order to get you the most money, we have to sue the person who hired and trained them, and they're the ones who have the pockets. And I am a big believer. I know that there are bad officers. I've worked with them, and then you have the Derek Chauvin's. You have the, and I'm glad I don't remember his name, you have the guy in Mesa who shot and killed that unarmed guy in the hotel he was the only one to fire a high-powered rifle and somehow got acquitted, which even fires me up more against criminal yeah. defense attorneys because that officer should be in prison for life. It's only my opinion. Yeah. But again, he didn't have the money to give the family. It's the city of Mesa and the Mesa Police Department that did and, and should have to pay out because they hired him, they trained him, and I guarantee you, Nine out of ten times, like the case you brought up with the the Crimson case, yeah, there are signs that you know, and, and even with Derek Chauvin, I I've said, I he's a murderer, right? You, and you can, and, you can and, watch it. I don't know what was in his heart as far as like race and stuff like that, and and I'm not going to speak for that. But over his 19-year career, he had a lot of opportunities to kneel on somebody's neck and kill them. And he didn't until that day. But there were signs. And those signs fall on the person who trained him. In my, they, I, this is my opinion. No, I, know. I mean, I think it should go all the way back. We were never trained. Darren and I were not trained to put our knee on somebody's neck. Okay. I don't know what the training officer who trained Derek Chauvin 20 years ago did. I don't know how he made it through the hiring process, the lie detector test, the background investigation. I don't know those answers. So to me, the responsibility, Derek Chauvin needs to go to jail for the rest of his life for murder. But the responsibility of what he did that day falls within the Minneapolis police department and the city as a whole for employing him. Okay. Um, I would say that you're getting into the weeds well beyond because you're talking about the employment contracts and the indemnification provisions. That but that's an officer where the might civil side okay, lies, right, right? Right. But, but that doesn't have to be the case. And okay. I would, I would say this, like, so we have a lot of professions, lawyers being one of them, doctors come to mind off the top of my head. I'm sure there's several others, right. That have to buy insurance that have to buy malpractice insurance so it is the insurance carrier and not the city that does this right it doesn't mean that the city's completely off the hook it does it's not an either or proposition which is i think what your question is getting to why why still not give that protection officers because it's the because it's the city that's really in charge right or or responsible yes. if you will right yes. but but at the same time the officer, he or she is still responsible for their own conduct. And some of these things we know, they know, is wrong. Mm -hmm. And they're still doing Because if they are not held to personal account, the behavior will not stop. And that's the theory between the malpractice. Look, even if you go to a doctor who's employed by a mega hospital or what have you, right, mm -hmm. they're still going to have their own insurance. Their employer might subsidize it, everything else. And what does that do? Let's say a Derek Chauvin, we'll use him 
As an example, he doesn't have anything going on this week. But so if a Derek Chauvin has all these claims against him, his malpractice carrier could drop him and it would be flagged in the police department and he would be gone and maybe George Floyd would still be alive. And that's that's one of the other benefits of disengaging from qualified immunity. I, I agree with you because I think you really just made my point brilliantly even though you didn't realize you were doing it, because you said these officers have to be held to account on their own. I I agree with you completely. But tell me how... Fine, take away qualified immunity and allow officers to purchase their own insurance. If I pull somebody over for a Title 28 violation, and I'm speaking Arizona codes... And that's a traffic traffic violation for those. a traffic violation. Uh, Broken headlight. Broken taillight. And my intention, and I know this in my heart, this was my intention, to walk up. Are you aware that your brake light's out? If I walk up to a car with good faith and good intentions, and right away the driver won't show me his hands, starts screaming, fuck you, you're a racist, you want to hurt me. I just watched CNN two hours ago. That escalates the situation. How is the officer responsible for that when he is doing what the law says he can do? He did not write the law. He did not pass the law. He did not vote on it. But he is entitled to enforce it. And then somebody else escalates it. Why would you blame me for somebody else escalating to where now I'm getting in a fight and the guy's going to jail for assault on a police officer. Okay, but I don't understand the question in terms of liability. You're saying that this person would sue you or... That, yes, that's what I'm saying. I end up getting in a fight and that person gets hurt because I'm well-trained and obviously I'm going back 20 years. That person gets hurt and then I can get sued when all I did was pull them over for a broken taillight and they immediately started assuming that I am... Because of my uniform, I'm Derek Chauvin. That's not, that's not fair. Right. So we want to eliminate what we started out at the beginning of this discussion was we want to eliminate the prospects. We want to eliminate that blanket that makes him fear that you're the next okay. Derek Chauvin. Okay? okay. And qualified immunity does that. And keep in you mind. You really think it well, does that? Uh, keep in mind because people think police can get away with anything. And keep in mind what I said to Darren in the beginning. In order to successfully sue you for a civil rights violation under, you know, with qualified immunity, he has, you have to violate their constitutional rights, which under the scenario sure. you gave, you didn't. Right. Okay. Right. But you also have to know that there is precedent that says that's a violation. So moving back to Darren's scenario, right, you can claim ignorance is not a defense in the law, but apparently it is for cops who want to be, who are sued because then they can say, well, I didn't know that there was this legal opinion out there that says I can't shoot a black guy in this situation. Well, I, didn't I know agree that. with that. No, ignorance is not a defense for anybody. But that's what qualified immunity is because Fourth Amendment jurisprudence says you can't sue a cop under the, situa- under the scenario that you talked about, right? But it gives the added protection, the added hurdle to the plaintiff to say he knew about these things there was court decisions on these things, and there's a Tenth Circuit judge that talks about this this fiction that that cops are reading all this out of circuit case law yeah. and everything every day, right? <laughs> yeah, that's not, right, that's not happening. That's right? not happening. That's not happening. No. To sit there and say that they knew that this would be a violation, right? So, under these scenarios, qualified immunity doesn't help the officer. 
it only escalates the situation because of the perception that you, as the officer, can get away with anything that you want. What I want to weigh in on is you asked a question, why? Why is police officers different than a a doctor or a lawyer or any profession that helps the community in some capacity? Um, And I'm going to answer that. But I want to give you another scenario because, again, you're legal, I'm not. I'm a cop. So um, let me give you another scenario. There is a traffic stop, and it's a stolen license plate. And I've been there where I'm looking at the stolen license plate. It's stolen. My MDT, my computer shows me it's stolen by policy. Again, procedure. That's what's referred to as a high-risk stop. It used to be called a felony stop, but now they change it because sometimes it could be a high-risk, and it's not a felony. It might be a misdemeanor. So the high-risk stop, part of that procedure and policy is to pull out, Stop them, wait till you have enough units to do so, try to get an air unit, depending on the department, what they, uh, resources they may have available. You draw your gun. We're putting our gun at unknown occupants in a vehicle only because it has a stolen license plate in the back. We had a, a beautiful friend of ours who was shot and killed by that type of scenario, um, Adam Uribe's father. Yes, indeed. So when Officer Uribe was shot and killed, we know that's a real danger in terms of bad guys st- st- stealing license plates and using it on another vehicle, and then they use that in a crime. So we have our guns pointed at these occupants, unknown who these occupants are, no idea. And we always have them come out. We, there's a procedure to do that. And we prone them on the ground. Now, in Arizona, Phoenix specifically, I can tell you, even at night when I rode around at night, midnight, and the summer, it's a hot pavement. Yeah. It's hot. These people are laying on the ground, if you will, imitating an airplane on the ground. They can get burnt. Absolutely, it happens. Then you find out this poor family of three, to include maybe a 13-year-old girl, and I think you know where I'm going at with this. That 13-year-old girl is also on the ground. We're having everyone go down because we just don't know. And at dark, you don't see, and even if it's daytime. So that's the policy. We've stayed within our policy. And then we find out when the dust settles that some bad guy took their stolen license plate, put it on this poor family's car, took their car so that they'd still have their bad vehicle with a legitimate license plate. And this poor family is driving to Sedona with no idea that they're driving with a stolen license plate. Everything's fine. We dust them off. So sorry. Hopefully, police officers say they're sorry. That's one of those words that people are afraid to say anymore because we're living in a litigious society. And so sorry. I'm sorry about pointing a gun at you, blah, blah, blah. They will sue. That lawsuit should go to the police department because it's at policy to keep the the police officers, so men and women, safe in those high-risk stops. But it's a legitimate lawsuit in sense of these burns. It's absolutely legitimate. But why should the officer be responsible? So to your question about the why, why police officers are different than lawyers, because as a cop on a typical day, I would would be out on maybe 25 radio calls because I was that type of cop that loved to hit radio call after radio call. Each radio call is X amount of people. Let's say one. We know there's times where I go to a huge party, there could be a hundred. At the end of the night, I have interacted with literally hundreds of people, literally, in a normal shift, in a normal shift. The the possibility of violating somebody's rights while still being true-minded, truly wanting to do the right thing for the right reason, I can violate somebody's rights. And it's knowing that the department 
will will pay and has my back in a and it's not even a frivolous lawsuit that little 13 year old girl was burned on the sidewalk because i had her get on the ground because i that's my policy and that's my procedure and i can't look the other way because it's how you're trained she might be 13 or she might be 16 well 13 16 year olds can kill and we've seen it so my question to you and answering your question is our job is so different than any other profession. I would argue that I really would in terms of every single second we could be sued for each individual encounter we have on a daily shift. And when you multiply that by 300 million contacts that police officers had in just one year, that's 300 million likelihood of lawsuits, the doctors, the lawyers, it's a different scenario, clearly different jobs. I think it's apples and oranges. Well, I, th- I think it's, it's not apples and oranges to the extent that we can glamorize, if you will. We can all look at our own situations and see them as worse than, the, than somebody else's situation, right? I, I mean, a, a, a heart surgeon has a, as a, as a patient's life on the line, and he may do that, he or she may do that several times a day, right? So there's different situations, different scenarios. And again, though, keep in mind, though, I think we tend to wrap ourselves around the branding of a certain thing. And qualified immunity probably feels good to a cop when it really, again, makes his job more dangerous. And why should, so why shouldn't he or she, the officer, be, they're mindful of that, they know that, they made the choice to take on this job, then they make the choice to take on the burdens of the job and pay as a professional would. If you're going to say, I'm just a cop, that excuse isn't going to fly anymore because you've got a gun and you've got a badge and you've got the power to arrest anyone, right? You can arrest the doctor or the lawyer or whomever, right? So the point is you cannot hide behind this I'm just a cop thing. You have too much power and, it, and in your interactions with people, all these people, you have to exercise that power within the law. And the problem is officers aren't always doing that. But the violation still, there's still so many protections for the officer within the Fourth Amendment. The idea that you can, and, and you know, you mentioned the 13-year-old child on the ground, right? The scenario that you were in, right? We also had that same situation in Colorado, right? And that officer, I can't remember how many hours it was. And I think one of the kids was under 10 single digit doesn't mean he or she wasn't a complete threat but for hours on end knowing full well really that they didn't have any 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 cause to hold these people in the parking lot he just felt like it okay that officer still probably has a job and still probably and is going to face no personal consequences even to have to report that to his insurance company so to me a bigger question is not it's not just about you. You're looking at it through the myopic lens of the poor officer, right? Absolutely. But what about the civilians? What about the Breonna Taylors? What about the George Floyds? What about those people? But what I'm talking about isn't those scenarios where an officer has shot and should not have shot. They face absolutely criminal consequences. They will go to prison. We've seen those scenarios. But not all, but not not all, all officers not all, do. But, a myopic portion of them do. A very small really face charges. And, the, and again, you said why. The why is what's going to happen, in my opinion, my humble opinion, based on just 30 years of, of work in the streets, is that officers who don't get paid a lot of money, we get paid good. I got paid more than I was probably worth. I'll say that right now. But having said that, we don't get paid huge amounts of money to take on 
a hundred possibilities of being sued. And what's going to happen, this is just my belief, but it's a lot of police officers' belief, is that we're not going to, by eliminating qualified immunity, you're not going to assist the police departments or police officers. What you're going to end up doing is having a mass exodus. And we'll find out with Colorado, because now it's been about six months since their law came into effect. And so I'll be proven right or wrong probably based on that as a, uh, um, an example. But what's going to happen is police officers are going to be so mindful that everything they do isn't just life or death for them, but it's also losing their house a hundred times a day. And to that point, why am I going to do this profession when I can do another profession where I don't have this huge responsibility? And then who's going to fill this void when there's a mass exodus? And we've always seen a mass exodus in a lot of cities, unfortunately, like Seattle and Portland and Minneapolis. We've seen that for other reasons than the qualified immunity, but we've seen this mass exodus and we've seen the rising crime rates because when you don't have enough officers, then there's going to be crime. That's my belief. I think I'm, it's been weighed out in these major cities where we're seeing the crime rates just literally skyrocket. So what's going to happen is when these officers leave and they retire like that, they're going to have to fill this void. And to fill a void, sometimes you have to lower the standards. And there are going to be people that will be of security caliber officers, like security officers, they're the ones that are going to take on that risk because they have nothing to lose. Whereas an officer who has 10 years on can go into private sector and, and have a job that's not going to risk them losing their lives and, or losing their livelihood and their family's livelihood and, and losing a house. And I know I almost sound like I'm fear-mongering. I get that. But that is genuinely, genuinely the concern that police officers have of a profession that is fraught with people wanting to always, you know, I pay your salary. I'm going to take what's your name. They're always looking to sue officers. And this has protected officers for so long. My fear, and I get your point in terms of what makes you different. I get that. I really do. But it is a different job. And I got a feeling what's going to happen is you're going to have a less quality caliber police officer protecting the city. And to turn it around over just a year period, we're on a national basis would be, I think, horrific. I would submit to you several things. There are several things that were inaccurate, I would say, about, and you draw conclusions um, from your based inaccuracy, based on your belief. Based on my belief. Let, let me, let me uh, ask you this, then. Um, did qualified immunity, um, did that keep Derek Chauvin off the force? No. No. And guess what? If qualified immunity and the removal of qualified immunity removed him from the force, I'd be happy. I would too. I, I, I would a, too. I okay. would too. So that's the answer that to your question. That's the answer to your question. If I have an officer whose experience, he or she's experienced to say 20 years in or whatever, quits because they no longer have qualified immunity, my guess is that person feels like they're going to commit a violation and I don't want them on the force. Anyway. And I would agree with you. 100%. Okay. I agree okay. with that. So, so you, you, made, you made my point again. So with this mass exodus... Is, of is, good is, police officers, not the Chauvin. No, but because there's more good than bad out because there. Because a good police officer, a good police officer would not have those concerns, would not succumb to that fear because he or she wants to do the we job. We have officers who were afraid to shoot, afraid to shoot, were risking their own life because they didn't want to get their family in trouble. Trust me, but, I can say this: having drawn my gun, having unfortunately had to fire my gun, 
there's a lot of things that go in your mind, a lot of things. You try and do all the right things, and there's so many more good police officers than there are bad ones. You're 100% right. I would love for a qualified immunity to get rid of all the bad ones. The problem is it's going to get rid of the good ones, too, because as police officers, you're still worried about your family. And when you find out that your fa- you could lose your entire life, whereas for... But you can't, though. That's, that's one of the false premises okay, please, you put out. Please. Because you have malpractice insurance. You can't lose your entire life. You have the malpractice insurance. It's probably going to be subsidized by the police department as, as part of your package. You have insurance. Then you have insurance. You're not personally out. You're not going to lose your house because uh, somebody burnt their hand on the cement during a valid Terry stop. So right? qualified immunity will still have some type of... of, of continuation well no uh, it goes back to the it goes back to the, it's not it's not a matter of qualified immunity it goes back to the idea of indemnification through insurance company. that's what i say a police officer who and i respect police officers enough to say i think they should be held in the same regard as professionals right and so and that's why i chastise you a little bit for saying i'm just a cop no you weren't just a cop you gave great service to this community Thank for you. a long time and you should be proud of that and this community should be proud of that and you should be consider yourself a professional for that action. But you should also be treated like one and have to have the malpractice insurance that comes with a doctor or lawyer or teacher or anything else. And, be- and, and again, I, I get what you're saying. The my issue I have at hand is that if I'm following the rules, I'm following policy and procedure. We're not talking about criminal now. We're not talking about Chauvin. We're not talking about Breonna Taylor or Michael Johnson, we're not talking about any of those cases. We're talking about that scenario of that 13-year-old girl, 13-year-old boy, whatever, burning themselves. And you followed proper procedure. You follow it to a T. You are held responsible and not the department if, if the elimination of qualified immunity occurs. That's my understanding. That's, that's correct, not, correct that's not accurate. Correct because when we look at the law, in order for you to even, even a plaintiff to sue you successfully, they have to show a constitutional violation. So if you're not violating anyone's constitutional rights, and blatantly so, then you're not going to, then any suit against you is not going to be successful. And I'm going to say you're right in terms of you're the legal mind here. And the word blatant makes me feel better. I'll be honest with you. The idea that I'm acting in good faith and something bad happens and I'm, held civilly right responsible that's scary for a police this officer. is and, and this is i get that and this is where i talk about casting and buzzwords and fear-mongering right because the, the qualified immunity portion of these laws really relates to this idea that you can only be sued if you go into a home violate a constitutional rights and then do something that was a clear violation but wasn't established in legal precedent so you go in there and you go into a house party or whatever and you break it up, you see some underage kids and a dog's barking at you and just for the heck of it, you shoot the dog, right? Okay, you can be held liable, but under, under qualified immunity, if there's no case that says uh, an officer can't shoot a dog during a, while breaking up a party, you're immune. Now, why should that be the case? Well, see, I would disagree. And again, I, I hate disagreeing on a legal matter because you're the, you're the man and I'm not. But I will say this, that if you were to shoot that dog, 
cruelty, animals, all these things apply where it wasn't reasonable. And, and whether there's case law or not, what you did was against but the that's, law. But that's what qualified immunity, though, that's what that would protect. And, and maybe I used a bad hypothetical, but that's what that would protect. That would say you can make a constitutional violation, but if there's not some case law out there saying this specific action was a constitutional violation, you can't be sued. And why should that be the case? Why shouldn't a... You know, under that scenario, use, use Derek Chauvin. Well, uh, you know, he could say under qualified immunity, uh, theoretically, a good faith exception. Said, well, I was just doing, and Jason references earlier, I was just doing these things I was told. There was some, there, when I was on court TV, there was some training about putting a knee on a neck, believe it or not, of the Minneapolis Police Department, right? There was some training that, in fact, he says, well, you know, I didn't know that eight minutes would be too long. I, you know, I didn't know that. And there's no case law that says you can't put... Uh, a, a knee on a neck for eight minutes so you can't sue me and that would hold up under qualified immunity and that's a big problem because again what perception does that have what perception does that bring to the person particularly a person of color when an officer is approaching them during a stop so kirk i have a uh one statement and then a question again uh to educate myself and our listeners uh first of all i i would disagree with you about uh the officers who might quit without qualified immunity when you have, uh, if you paint a broad brush like that, and the best example currently in the news is Seattle has lost 200 officers, and it is 100% because of policies, lack of support from the city council, the mayor, the governor, and that's more about their their safety of their lives versus qualified immunity. And there's no way that those 200 officers in Seattle were saying, you know what? I commit bad faith constitutional violations every day. That's the, there's just no way anybody can say that. My question is if we do get rid of qualified immunity uh, and I'll use the case of the, the Mesa cop because I, again, the video to me, it's not as horrific as George Floyd because George Floyd was, it was, it was eight minutes of just watching this guy. We're on agreement get, there. Get <laughs> suffocated. The video of the Vesikov, there were, I, I can't remember, seven or nine other officers who did not fire, did not see a reason to fire, did not suffer from contagious fire, which happens quite often in law enforcement. You had one guy who was just an epic piece of shit should have never been a cop. He had things etched on his gun. You know, you could tell this guy wanted to kill and he did. And a criminal defense attorney got him off on the criminal side because of good faith. If we take, if we take away the qualified immunity and it does go to a civil case. And I think back to like OJ Simpson, the burden of proof is so much easier on on the civil side. It, so if we take qualified immunity away, how can you still be protected by that you did act in good faith when maybe on the criminal side, it's a little easier to prove what you did was in accordance with the law. Right. I, I'm not talking about officers who break the law. I'm not talking about officers who commit very serious crimes like aggravated assault 
or murder or criminal things like culpability. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking. I'm not talking about those because those to me are more clear cut, and that's why I am so bothered as a police officer by the case in Mason. I keep bringing that up because it was horrific, and a defense attorney got this guy off. He's not going to prison, and I'm I've been appalled by that for years. So I just want to make sure that. For somebody like you, with your experience and your beliefs right now, if we get rid of qualified immunity, how, if you are acting in good faith and you get sued and a defense attorney, or not a defense attorney, a civil attorney picks up the victim's side of it and says, all right, I'm going to get you as much money as I can from this officer. Right. How does the good faith part work on the civil side to protect them like it would on the criminal side if it was genuinely a good faith sure scenario and every to be clear everything i've been talking about in this regard is is related to civil maybe there's a few exceptions but the civil standard the standard the two-prong test that i've been talking about the two-prong leap that i've been talking about is is related strictly to civil and when we talk about that civil liability of this officer, we talk about the fact that, or good faith, is that there's Fourth Amendment case law related to search and seizure that gives you, that gives the officer, if he or she is working under the parameters of the law, executing the law as they believe it to be, then they are protected. There is, in essence, a good faith, if you want to use those terms, jurisprudence in Fourth Amendment case law. Because you're following the law, you're pursuing it. A technical violation of that is not going to result in some kind of liability okay. here, right? The, the absurdity becomes the scenario that you talk about, right? When he, he's got stuff etched on his gun and he shoots, right? So, and, and he's been uh, acquitted, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So then under qualified immunity, he could uh, evade personal liability, now, should that be the case on a civil side? Should he be able to evade personal responsibility? Well, I would ask you the same question as a criminal defense attorney. No, 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 no. I answer my question, though. Did he, should he be able to evade civil responsibility because there is not another case that says you can't I, shoot a guy in a hotel room and like, like I under start, the situation? Like I said at the beginning, I would say no. If I'm going to think that this guy should have been found criminally responsible and sentenced to a very long prison term, I'm certainly not going to say that he should be able to evade the civil side. But when you ask a question like that, as a former criminal defense attorney, let's say you were the guy who took up his case and your job that you were sworn to do is to get him found not guilty. Do you then walk out of that court and, and wipe your hands of that side of it and whoever the civil attorney for the victim's family, would you turn and say, you know what? I got him off on the criminal side and I was able to prove that he wasn't criminally responsible because that's, I mean, let's use the right words. If you win a case, you were able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that they were innocent. No, I was able to show that the state could not prove beyond a reasonable doubt that they were guilty. I apologize. You're you're correct. Those are the right words. But then you're not going to flip and do the the civil side also. So would you then support the officer not being civilly responsible, even though you were able to achieve criminal uh, 
acquittal. Currently not responsible? Get an acquittal. What, what, I, I guess I don't understand what's at the heart of your question because you're asking. I, I'm conflicted by what, what you're saying that if an officer does something wrong, where he's not criminally responsible. No, I'm should, talking about. I've been talking about he, civil liability. No, no, I know. Yeah. But you asked me if I if I feel like if there is a criminal side, should he also then be? No, I said if since he was he was acquitted, should he be able to evade personal responsibility? Right, altogether? and I say no. I, and and I mean that. And putting I, the crim- putting no. the criminal side away, whether he's charged or not, under that situation. Should he be held to account civilly on a, on a personal level, even though he's got insurance? Should he have to call his malpractice carrier and say, I'm getting sued? Yeah. Then there you go. Then you agree with me on qualified yeah, I, immunity. I, yes, I, I do agree with that. If, but there, then you agree with me that qualified immunity should not exist. Well, and you know, I never, Darren, you, you were a cop a lot longer than me. I was a cop for seven years. This never once in my seven years, never once did I go on a call, work a case in homicide, go to work feeling like I was cloaked in quality. I, didn't, I, I never even thought about it. So I'm, I, I think that's why I, I feel so naive to this, that it just seems to be a political divisive issue right now more than anything to me, and maybe I'm wrong. And you, you know what? The Minneapolis case is a great example. I strongly support and agree, and I'll, I'll use the talking points you're supposed to, money does not bring George Floyd back. But I do agree that the family deserved every penny they're getting, $27 million or something like that. What I disagree with is that the city settled that case prior to the criminal case because now you're, you're adding oh, well, we can take it one step further. So I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, Kirk. I really don't on and, 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 most things. I, I mean, I do disagree yeah. when, you, when you, if 200 officers resign from a city that is literally burning to the ground right now, you can't paint those officers well, with the fact that they knowingly go to work every day violating people's but, rights but There's by no your way. own but by your own admission you said that was for other reasons they didn't feel protected and everything yeah, else right so so i don't think that's a that's an apples and oranges comparison right okay. If they, okay so but i think if they were going uh quitting because they said we want to be able to do these things and we're worried about evading personal responsibility then you start eliminating and i don't know this officer's name in mesa then you start eliminating people I, like that, that you know if it was a if it was a one-off you know, and again, I've I worked with several officers in Phoenix that I I was like, you guys should not be, you should have never made it through the process. You shouldn't be wearing a badge. But and you know, and, quit, and some of them are still there, right? They, <laughs> Probably. Yes. Yeah. If they quit individually, I'd be fine with that. I just don't agree. I I just wanted to make the point that if two hundred officers out of Seattle, because I support every one of them, I wouldn't work in Seattle right now for anything. And they that city is going to reap what they sow by the people who are in charge, and a lot of bad is coming to that city. You mentioned something, Jason. You said when you came on the department, you never ever thought about qualified immunity never as protecting once. you. Never once. I can tell you, I have. Okay. I absolutely have. When I came on the department, I was a single father. Uh, it was in the uh, mid-'80s. And there's two things that brought me to be a police officer. Unlike you and maybe many of the police officers out there, even though I had this huge heart for the community, I still do, 
I was not that kid who wanted to be a police officer. I was not that kid who, you know, I'm going to, you know, want to wear a badge. And, you know, I've right. never watched Adam 12. <laughs> what happened is I was I, a senior. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe that. I believe Darren Birch. <laughs> was it Adam 12? Adam 12. <laughs> Andy <laughs> Griffiths, one bullet. If anyone out there Barney has any information. One bullet, yeah. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yes, I, wasn't, was. I was Andy Griffith lover. I was that. <laughs> but my point being is that. What gravitated me to that job, and I'll be real frank and honest, as we are on Badge Boys, is the security that I had as a single father. It was a job. It gave me that security and sense of a pension. It was a good job. I, I yeah. felt I could do it based on what we've talked about with the horrific car fire that I was involved in. Right. So the other aspect that gave me genuine, genuine feel of security that I could try this job was qualified immunity, that if... I made a mistake, but I was within policy and procedure. I keep going back to that because of what Colorado scares me. I don't know about the House, the U.S. Yeah. House Senate bill. I don't know if the wording, because literally the wording was the elimination of good faith doctrine. That was the actual wording in the Colorado bill that became law. So regardless if the officer is acting in good faith, if the end goes ugly, you are not, you are, you're, you're responsible the idea of a young officer thinking about a career, which ended up being 30 years, could have ended immediately if I thought, oh, my God, if I make one mistake, um, and even with if it's in policy, I could end up being sued. And I get your point about insurance, and, and that's all the stuff that you know could hopefully remedy a situation if we do get to a point of qualified immunity, because I would disagree with you only to the extent um, – I believe more harm than good will occur. The good would be things like bad officers that think in terms of, you know, badge heavy. Think mm -hmm. in terms of putting a notch on a gun. Think in terms of putting their knee on somebody's neck for eight minutes. If qualify, the elimination of qualified immunity prevents that person from taking the job, good. But I, I believe in my heart over 30 years, I can only talk about Phoenix, that I saw very few bad police officers. For the most part, it was nothing but good. It was, it was like a drop in the ocean it was as far as what I saw. Now, did I see everything? Of course not. And, we, and thank God we do have transparency now. Thank God we do have yeah. cell phones. We have people filming the George Floyd horrific monster. So we can see these things because I, I'm not naive. I know they do occur. Not everyone has the same belief system that I do in terms of doing the right thing for the right reason. But I truly believe in my heart of heart that most officers do. Well, let me, let me, can I, can I interject? Please. Okay. You know, I don't, how old were you when you joined the police? 20, 23. Okay. You're 23. You're watching one Adam 12. You're filling out your application. <laughs> oh, to the police department, right? You fill that out. And if you found out that one of the issues with the job was mal malpractice insurance and, but the department was going to pay for it, would you have thrown away the application and said, I'm going to go back to watching one Adam 12? No. Yes. No, I no, doubt it. Have. No, you yeah, wouldn't. As have. a single father. No, yeah. because. No, no, if the department was paying for it. If the yeah. department, that's what I'm saying. Oh, yes. You sign so, up no, and, and you say, not. you get health insurance and you get malpractice insurance. Yes. Right. You would say, okay, fine, I'm good. Right. There we go. Problem solved. There goes your qualified immunity. You don't need, you're not personally, you're not personally going to be homeless out with your son because of something you did on the job. You're still going to be there. If you get sued, you can still watch one Adam 12. You can do whatever you want to do. And you're still not going to face that kind of personal accountability. What could happen, though, is that if you do that five times and you have five suits against you, maybe they're successful. And the insurance carrier says, 
hey, what the heck is going on with this Darren Birch guy, the department could fire you. I agree with that. See, and, and I disagree. I, I think that most officers are, that are good officers are concerned with the insurance well, aspect and liability aspect. And I could be wrong. This brings up, I want to ask, in, in the time we have left, I want to ask a, a question that I think is, is very important with the way the world is today. And I want both, I would really appreciate both your personal and your professional answer on this. In the two minutes we have left. A, a lot of, <laughs> I was going to say, I thought in the two minutes we have left. Okay, a lot, of, a lot of things that are going on right now with the officers that are leaving, and I do believe that there are a lot of very good officers leaving. I think there are a lot of people who would be very good at this job that are not wanting to apply and take this job, and then you're going to be left with filling spots with people who probably aren't as good. And I think, I think at least in the next 10 to 20 years, we are going to see a lot more officers killed in the line of duty. And we're going to see a lot more civilians killed, unfortunately, uh, through use of force incidents. That's just the way the world's going. So my question to you is, do you feel is a failure to act a violation of constitutional rights? And the reason real quick, the reason that I ask this, we have the mass shooting in Boulder, Colorado. It's, it's fresh in the news. Officer Talley was killed. Officer Talley had seven children. I don't know what I would have done. If Officer Talley would have pulled up first on scene to a shots fired call, mass shooter inside the grocery store, and if he would have stood by his car and said, you know what, I have seven children at home, and I think my responsibility lies with them, and he, quote unquote, fails to go and assist the people who are under assault, the same rules might apply to that person. And that's a scary, do you think qualified, is a failure to act a constitutional violation? No. Okay. That's, that's what I wanted to make sure because I think officers deserve to know that. Let, let me put it this way in case somebody out there corrects me. I am unaware of anything where a failure to act would be considered a okay, constitutional I, be, violation. And I think that is important for officers to know because of the way the world is right now. A lot of officers are scared of getting in trouble for even the slightest of things. And I think that Officer Talley's situation is that really brings it home. Yeah. I will say and, this, as far as the Good Samaritan Act, you know, as far as being a Good Samaritan, you have, you know, if you're trained and, and you're a doctor and you don't perform in a certain manner, you, you can well, be held liable. I feel the same and way. As police officers, I think as police officers, we're trained to do certain Officer things. Talley, and we don't. Had no choice. But in my we, opinion, we saw, he had to go in there. And we saw an officer who didn't do that at the school in Florida. And, and he, got the, char- he got thank fired you, and thank charged you, with thank a you, crime. Thank you. Yep. So qualified immunity would would be appropriate in that scenario. Yeah, you would so be sued, in my, I, opinion, but I'm in my glad, opinion. I'm glad to hear Kirk say that if you, if, if you fail to act, it's not a violation of somebody's constitutional rights because I do think as police officer, and again, I, I know I'm not, using, not, a, not somebody's constitutional rights. It could be a dereliction of duty. You, there could be you. other reasons. Thank you. But you, yeah, ask, but you yeah, and you get fired for that, right. but you can't get sued yes. by the, the depa- victims in that the de- grocery the store. The department might be able to get sued, but you're ta- you asked me specifically, yes. is it a constitutional violation? Because no, we're talking about because qualified, qualified immunity would not apply to a dereliction of duty claim okay. because you are not taking affirmative 
steps to violate someone's constitution. I think that's rights. important to you, know. You have what a great conversation. What it really was. It's perfect, no, it's outstanding. perfect time to wrap it up. It's because that was a great conversation. Kurt, I, and, I, I, I can't thank you enough. I'm, well, I'm I appreciate serious. it. And, and I, it, was, it was absolutely respectful uh, all the way through. And I will say this. I've never watched Adam 12. <laughs> well, for, for all you officers out there, just continue to try your Thank best you. to be yes. safe. You, you you do have responsibility and a right to go home every night, and you do have responsibility to honor your training and do the best you can. Please don't lose sight of that. Uh, with just everything going on in the world right now, we'll see how it plays out with qualified immunity. But, Kirk, all my respect, seriously, uh, I do thank the world of you. I think you've done a lot of, lot of wonderful things I might disagree with. A few of them, and that's uh, a good thing to talk about. But I appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, I feel much more educated, and I hope the listeners do as well. So God bless all of you, and we will do it again next week. Robin, I love you. Thank you. I love you. you, Jason. All right, I'll see you guys next week. Batch Boys. Thanks for listening to Batch Boys. <laughs> Stories, insights, guests, and true blue humor with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Batch Boys, heard weekly and worldwide on Star Worldwide Networks and all mobile devices. Badge Boys.